Hi, friends, Gene Valentino, and welcome to another edition of Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcasts. We do this on our website, www.genevalentino.com. And when you're there, please subscribe. We're pretty fortunate today to be able to have probably historically one of the best United States senators we've ever had. And just as importantly for we folks here in the Florida region, the 45th governor of the state of Florida, Senator Rick Scott. He served two terms as governor for Florida. And in all full disclosure, I was county commissioner here in Escambia County, Florida during that period. We, We accomplished a lot, didn't we? Oh, Senator, it was a joy to have you working with you about floods, hurricanes, and storms. Thank you for joining me today. And let me turn it over to you in a more of a rapid fire format before we get into your opinion piece that I spotted on social media yesterday. What the heck is going on? I don't, we, we now see clear evidence that shows that millions of dollars of China money is dropping into Biden accounts. And yet we still have this tenor of, of, of preference to indict Trump on something that has fallen outside the statute of limitations. You want to comment briefly on that first before we get into your exciting editorial from yesterday? Well, first off, whether you like or don't like Trump, whether you like or don't like Biden, you know, we all ought to be subject to the same rules, the same way, the same laws, the same way. There shouldn't be, you know, preferential prosecution of one and not the other. So, uh, you know, this, this, this prosecutor in, in Manhattan is a, you know, a Soros lefty prosecutor. And he's just this whole charade of, of attacking Trump. It's like FBI raids Mar-a-Lago, but, oh, Biden, why don't you just go check your office? We'll, we'll come back whenever you have time. I mean, this stuff is wrong. We've got we to treat everybody the same way. Well, I couldn't agree more. My concern is that this uh, unjust prosecution or selective prosecution, as they call it, seems to have applied egregiously towards Republicans and in the limelight late, lately, Donald Trump. But uh, uh, what, do you, what is your focus? What is your solution? If you could sit back at the 10,000 foot level and have it perfectly your way, what's your solution as a leader of, of Florida? Well, I did it. I did it when I was governor. I, uh, I appointed about 40% of the judges in the state, over 400 judges. And basically, I told them, I don't, you don't have a right to tell me what your position is on, on, on issues. You have your obligation, if you want to be a judge, you've got to convince me that you're going to interpret and enforce the law, not try to make new laws. But the, so that was, that's all I cared about. I didn't care what party you were. And that's what we should expect out of our prosecutors, our police, our, you know, and, and you know, everybody involved. Um, that this is, this is, we're going to basically just solve the problem. Our judges, the same thing. So that's what I did. I've, I, you know, I, I was, uh, I was in a meeting the other day with the FBI and they said, you're losing the support of the American public because you're a black hole. You've got to tell people why you do what you do and you've got to be willing to explain it. You work for the American public. You don't work for some swamp in DC. I'm so concerned that the true problem is less obvious, and you touch upon it in your uh, uh, assault on the Treasury Secretary and the President and 
the Federal Reserve in general and your story. But I can't help but feel that there's a deeper state activity going on where China's got its fingers in it. Oh, yes, we blame Soros for the likes of an Alvin Bragg. But don't you see a grander strategy of takeover by China in some way nationwide? Well, let's look at what China is doing. The government government of China, we have we should take them at their word. They are enemy. They do not like our way of life. They want to destroy the American dream. That's what they basically said. So let's take them at their word. Okay. Then we can watch. We can watch they steal our technology. They watch they have, you know, they put they surveil us with TikTok and de- you know Chinese drones. They send spy spy balloons across the you know, they threaten, you know, our allies like Taiwan. They take away the basic rights to the Hong Kong citizens. They put Muslim Uyghurs in, in prison and torture them. So we ought to maybe say this is not the people we want to be around. So now here's what I hope every American would do. Whenever you buy anything, you say, I'm not buying things from China. I will figure out I'll buy things made in America or made by our allies. That's number one. Number two, don't put Chinese applications on your phone. Don't put them. Don't put TikTok on there. All right. Make sure you're not ever buying a Huawei phone, things like that. So that's what we have to do. If you're a business person, you have to just say to yourself, it's not in my best interest to do business with China because what happens when they invade Taiwan, which they've threatened to do, they said they're going to do. So what we have to do is say to ourselves, we're not going to ever do business with them because eventually you know, we're not going to be able to do business with them, just like we don't want to do business with Russia right now. How is it we've allowed them to own land near military bases, become part of the banking system that's now under scrutiny with this SFB on the West Coast that I'm sure you want to mention, and 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 stick their tentacles into police wards in different areas of the country. How is it we've allowed that level of encroachment, yet they in turn totally restrict American ownership of anything in their nation? Because our leaders have been complacent. Our leaders have been naive. They thought, oh, if you engage you know, the people of, of China, the government will change. Well, that's class- that hasn't happened. All we've done is make them an economic powerhouse that now use their economic power to destroy our way of life, destroy our allies, destroy people, destroy companies. So we, you know, we've just been complacent and Republicans have done it. Democrats have done it. We've got, we've got to wake up now before it's too late. You've offered a concept that I think is admirable. It's an extension of your 11 point plan to rescue America, which we hold dear to our house, dear to us here at our house at the Valentino Homestead, these principles you've outlined touch to the very heart of what we have to do to recapture America. In the case of the banking system, you've gone to the heart of a concern of mine, and it goes off the radar and is not really seen too well by many, and that is cryptocurrency and why your inspector general concept and oversight of the Federal Reserve System is so important for the protection of our money supply and the management of the of the cost of money, which is interest rate, which identifies itself as interest rates or inflation. What are you thinking of when you talk about an inspector general overseeing the Federal Reserve? Well, first off, 
the we should never allow our federal government to control cryptocurrency. I don't want the federal government, the same the same groups that have you know chosen to attack Trump rather than Biden, same group that wouldn't give conservative groups their tax exempt status under Obama. I mean, we know that there's there's the federal government targets conservatives. We know we know it. So we should not give them the power to deal with cryptocurrency or any digital currency. Now, with regard to the Federal Reserve, I think the Federal Reserve has been a complete disaster. Let's go back to the crisis of 2008. Clearly, the private sector made mistakes, but guess what? Guess who's supposed to watch them to make sure it doesn't doesn't fall apart? The Federal Reserve. Did they do their job? No. Did you hear of anybody losing their job because they did a bad job? No. So now we watch what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. We look at what happened with Signature Bank. Is anybody at the Federal Reserve going to be held accountable? Is it has anything to do with the fact that they didn't do the, the oversight that they were supposed to do? No. So here's what I've learned up here. It's very beneficial to have an independently uh, independent inspector general of these agencies. Somebody that the president, whoever the president is, they nominate and Senate confirms. Because guess what? Then it works sort of like a company. In a company, when you run a public company, you have outside auditors. They report to the board of directors. They don't report to the CEO because there's somebody has to review the CEO, and that's the board of directors. Well, the same with this. We ought to have an independent inspector general to say, hey, the Federal Reserve is doing their job or not doing their job. And in this case, I don't know how they could say that they were doing their job with, the, with regard to Silicon Valley Bank, with Credit Suisse, with regard to any, any of these failures, because they clearly didn't. And so I want an independently ind- uh, inspector general that's going to be independent of whoever the chairman is to make sure that we do real reviews. We all get better when somebody's reviewing us. We all do. Oversight is positive for us. It's positive and it sends it to place, Senator, a sense of balance and equity across the board, if you really want to use the term equity. The fact of the matter is they haven't, they, they're misusing the funds that they've been that they've garnered for even some Chinese companies within the ranks of SVB and the millionaire billionaires behind the scenes at SVB, correct me if I'm wrong, please, are getting a pass by President Biden uh, and a forgiveness on a debt, which is really, no matter what we were intending to tax, the millionaires and billionaires seems to be a a little gift on the sidelines that goes unnoticed. Your comment. Yeah, I mean, here's what's unfair. The rich in this country keep getting richer. Wall Street keeps getting bailed out, right? And guess what? The taxpayer pays for all this. Anyone yelling, you know, um, the Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, ever says the public's not going to pay for this, who in the heck do they think pays for this? If a bank pays a fee, it's going to get passed on to you. Every business passes on every cost they can to their consumer. Same with this. So this bailout of all the, all these rich people at Silicon Valley Bank is basically a bailout and you, the taxpayer, are going to pay for it. You'll pay for it in higher fees. Now, and then on top of that, on top of bailing out rich people, they bailed out Chinese companies. Give me a break. Yeah. First off, why can a Chinese company raise a dime of capital? Why do they have a right to buy farmland in this country? Why do they have a right to buy land around our military bases? And if you're a foreign adversary, if you're controlled by a foreign adversary, you should not be able to buy anything in this country. Nothing. Okay. Then the inspector general does what to police that? What they do, whatever the laws are. So here's what happens. 
I write letters to the inspector general and I say, I would like you to look at this and tell me if this agency is complying. Now, what do you think the chances if Jay Powell appoints the inspector general for the Federal Reserve, but when I ask the inspector general of the Federal Reserve, if Jay Powell is doing his job, what's the chance that they're going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, he's not doing his job. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to go to Jay Powell, okay, and they're going to say, hey, why don't you, maybe you should solve this, or how can I say this so I don't have to tell them you're doing a bad job? I want independent inspector generals that don't work for the agency heads. They work for Congress. We are the oversight group. We're the ones that pass the laws. We're the ones that are supposed to change the laws. We're the ones that are oversight. I want to make sure we have a good oversight group here in the in the Senate. So you're suggesting that they, they investigate, depose, gather information, and then deliver back to the oversight committee, which has jurisdiction over this. Absolutely. Which is, is all there- Congress. Yeah. Do do you ever see a day where these inspector generals and their authority broadens to become more police-like with limited authority to remove or 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 penalize for wrongdoing instead of I, waiting instead of waiting two years or four years more for a re-election to get rid of somebody? Gene, I, first off, the here's here's why I like accountability. I, I don't want to give so much authority to the federal government uh, because I think it gets abused. So I think the right process is if they find things, give it to us. We can, you know, we can get rid of people. I mean, it's a process to do it, but we ought to have due process to eliminate people. And we can, you know, and we can talk about, you know, uh, whether it's Joe Biden or whether it's an agency. Head. If you're not doing your job, you're going to eventually come and testify in one of our committees and we'll make sure you get held accountable. So I, I think we ought to try to keep as much power as we can at the at Congress, give less and less power to the executive branch, be very more more prescriptive of what we expect the executive branch to do, and then we'll get a better government. This government is completely out of whack. Let me give you just a couple of numbers that'll surprise you. So before COVID, all right, the, uh, 2019, which is the last fiscal year before COVID, to today, we've had a 1.8% increase in our population. How much do you think Biden's budget in that time frame is up? 55%. Mm. Now, I'm a grandparent. Okay, I'm a parent and a grandparent. When I die, I expect not to leave any of my debts to my kids or my grandkids. When you look at all these deficits, that's exactly what we're doing. We're doing exactly what we don't believe in. And on top of that, this unbelievable inflation, it hurts the poorest families. I grew up in public housing and I watched my mom struggle with putting food on the table. So when you look at what's going on here with this inflation, gas up, food up, rents up, it's hurting the poorest families in this country. And it's like these people up here in DC, nobody cares because they're not broke. Yeah, you've got the tiger by the tail. It sounds to me like sometimes, Senator, what part of the elephant do you eat first? I remember when you were back in Florida as governor, you had cut taxes over $10 billion. You had created more than 1.7 million jobs. In fact, I remember you going out of your way to help me with an economic development for Airbus when we were trying to bring them to the panhandle. And I, I commend you for what I saw firsthand as economic incentives you were putting in place to make Florida as successful as others are taking credit for today, by the way. 
I commend you for what you did that preceded many that are there now. And my concern is how can we sustain that on a, and, and grow that and copy and paste that concept to a national strategy? Well, it's up to you. It's up to every voter to say, I want people in office that are going to make sure I can get a good job. My kids, my grandkids get good jobs. My kids get a great education. My grandkids get a great education. We live in safe communities. So what your job is as a voter is to vet people and say, would I, would I hire that person? Well, you are hiring that person. You're giving them an unbelievable amount of authority. So vet them. Look at their background. I mean, what would you do if you were hiring them to run a restaurant or to, or to wait tables? You'd say, well, what's your background? You know, what do you like? Have you done this before? Do you like this? So do we need to do the same thing. It's up to us. And then if people are doing the wrong thing, you've got to be very vocal. You can write op-eds. You can go on television. You can protest. You can do all these things. But get involved. Inflation is too high. The border is open. They're making our military a pronoun military rather than a lethal military. They're wasting your money. Be vocal. This is ridiculous. They're killing our country. Senator, would you agree? I think you do agree. You've said it before about term limits for congressmen and senators like the president. But, you know, and and I'm okay with that. But my question to you is, what about term limits on those 40, 50 year seated bureaucrats behind the elected congressman and senator that have truly been perpetrating a strategy that precedes you and me? How do we bring into balance that wrongdoing? Well, you can go to rescueamerica.com and look at my uh, my 12 point plan. And part of it says that we ought to have term limits, but not just for the politicians, which we should. Um, we have them in Florida. You can't be a House or Senate member uh, for eight years in a row, except for eight years in a row, governor for eight years in a row. We have them. In. We ought to do it for the bureaucrats, too, because up, up here, this is a swamp and the bureaucrats run things. We've given way too much authority to the bureaucrats. Some of the bureaucrats you know, work in, in the Senate and the House, and they all work in the executive branch. So we got we to gotta stop this and say, you know what? You don't get to control my life with no, no accountability. That's why I got rid of 20% of the regulations in the state because it was, it was non-elected individuals basically creating laws. That's wrong. Well, you started the, your job as United States Senator for the free state of Florida back in 2018. It's a six-year term that comes up in 2024. Dare I take the opportunity or the, the chance of finding out what you're going to do in 2024 for a second term as United States Senator for, for Florida? Well, first, I'm running for the Senate. And what I want to do is make Washington work for you. I think our taxes should be lower. Our government should be smaller. Our government should be accountable for what they say they're going to do. Our government should be living within its means. And we ought to make this, make sure this is the country that people can get the best jobs in the world, the kids can get the best education in the world, and people can live in safe communities. And that's what we keep working on. We've been talking with Senator Rick Scott, United States Senator, Republican from the gracious state of Florida. And he's been my guest today on the Grassroots Truthcast. Senator, I can't thank you enough for giving me your time to express not only parts of your 11-point plan to rescue America, but an oversight about this Federal Reserve and the fiscal mismanagement that's been underway that I know you're trying to address. Do you have support across the aisle on your inspector general idea? Yes, I'm doing the I'm doing the inspector general for the Federal Reserve with 
Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. She's in the same position I am. We need accountability in all federal agencies. And so this is, this is something we're working on together to create it at the Federal Reserve. And do you see any of the ideas that you have in mind having to resolve or truly get resolved through an amendment to the Constitution, such as term limits, such as a balanced budget? It's up to you. It's up to every citizen in this country. If they want that done, it will get done. So, but if you think that somebody else is going to do it, that, you know, the elected officials are going to, you know, do term limits on themselves, it's not going to happen. We got it in Florida because of a statewide initiative that went to the ballot. We need to do the exact same thing at the federal level with regard to amendments to the Constitution, with regard, whether it's term limits, whatever the issue is. This is this is your country. You've got to put more effort into it. I know it's not on the the primetime news tonight, but I do appreciate you and Senator Rubio getting behind this daylight savings savings time change. It's been something you initiated under Speaker of the House Pelosi, which she managed to sideline for you. But I'm glad under Kevin McCarthy, you're able to bring it forward again. Congratulations. And we wish you the best on that endeavor. I'm optimistic. I mean, I mean, think about it. Don't we want to have a, our, ourselves after work or our kids after school be able to get outside and play, get some exercise? Yeah. So we got it through the Senate last year. So hopefully we can get it through the Senate again this year and get, the, get through the House and get Biden to sign off on it. Senator Rick Scott, thank you very much for joining us today on Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. All right. Take care. Have a good day. Best to you, Senator.